do 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 bonk radio do 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 I miss that show. Didn't they like re- re- reprise that show on Gadget. Like, Netflix or something? But it's like 3D. It's like a CG Inspector Gadget show, and I never watched yeah. it because it looks oh. like shit, and it probably is shit. Probably, yeah. You can't I, you can't mess with the classics. I think if it was good, I would have heard about it by True. now. Did you like Did you like the live action movies with uh, Matthew Broderick? I think it was Matthew. Broderick. I I saw it when I was a wee lad. I barely remember it. I remember the first one because it had a talking cab. Oh yeah, the car but, that talks. Yeah, who has a name probably. Yeah, Cabby. I don't know. Cari, uh, Cari. But I don't remember <laughs> the second. I know there was a second one, but I don't remember it, so I probably didn't see it. It's probably like a straight to DVD thing. The '90s was like the era of straight to DVDs. It's like whatever Disney or whatever mm. studio had a popular movie. You mean straight to VHS. Yes, excuse me. Whenever they had a popular movie, they're like, oh, we should make a sequel to this, but we know it won't do well in theaters, so we're just going to release it straight on VHS or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only one I remember making it to theaters was Lion King 2. And I actually liked that. So. Hmm. Um, apparently the car's name is Gadgetmobile. How creative. Yeah. Go go gadget mobile. And apparently in the in the original show it transforms between a van and a police car. Well, that's interesting. I think we need to brush up on our inspector gadget. Was the original show even that good? I feel like I tried to watch an episode of it in the last couple I think, of years and I it think was it's terrible. it's the it's the haze of nostalgia. We liked it as kids, therefore we convince ourselves that it was better than it was. You know? Mm. Speaking of cartoons there's still no uh still no news about the return of samurai jack this year and i'm kind of sad oh yeah wasn't that like a huge rumor and everyone's like oh my god yes it's it is coming back this year but there's still not a not any a announcements date. about a date would, or like what's, I would imagine, what's gonna be about or anything i would imagine it would probably be in the fall yeah maybe i need to brush up on samurai jack i watched like a good handful of episodes but i never watched like them linearly i just watched it when it was on Mm. Uh, yeah i mean that's it coming back is specifically why i ended up doing that and watching the entirety of it mm -hmm. just so i would have a better memory of the chronology in my brain it's pretty good anyway we are yeah we are way off topic listeners sorry hi hi (laughs) this is funk radio we've been talking for like three minutes about About something completely not relevant and this is supposed to be a shorter episode too but eh, whatever who cares short is irrelevant yes remember way back a couple years ago when we used to do five minute funk yep and i think maybe once it was actually five minutes they're always way longer they're always at least 10 yeah anyway so this will be a bit longer than that but not by a whole bunch so, you actually don't know what the topic is for this one. No, but it's a surprise because to me. I, I've kept it a secret. As you know, Kyle, in the past, we've done a few episodes scattered around that focus on like unusual marketing tactics mm-hmm. for music. More recently, we did, uh, in episode 144, we talked about songs where advertisers change the lyrics for specifically for a TV commercial mm-hmm. uh, to sell products. Um, and then way back a few years ago, in episode 42, we talked about the Highway Hi-Fi 
um, in which Chrysler tried to sell cars with the record players installed in them uh, in the late 50s. Yes. So these are a couple examples of kind of weird marketing ploys related to music that we've discussed. Uh, Today's going to be another one. I don't know if you know about this or have you ever heard about this? I'm pretty positive we have not talked about this. Um, So from scattered around between the early 50s into the mid 80s, major serial companies had this idea of printing cardboard 45 RPM records onto the back of their cereal boxes <laughs> that kids could cut out and actually play like normal records. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Um, I have not heard of that, but I have heard of a, ver- of a similar type called, I want to say they called them flexies where they were mm-hmm. super, super thin, almost like plastic 45s that were usually like stuck in pages of uh, magazines that were meant mm-hmm. to be samples, you know, for music magazines or what, what have you. And they called them flexies because they were super thin and flexible. But uh, you could play them like a regular 45, but they were like almost, I, would, I don't want to say plastic, but a very cheap material to mass produce them and basically give them away for free with the mm-hmm. magazines. So I suppose that's similar. That's pretty cool. I don't really know anything about flexi records. I did see them mentioned once or twice when I was researching this. Um, I think there is some kind of overlap, but I don't exactly know what it is. But that is interesting. I didn't really know until now, basically, that that was a thing. I mean, I guess them playing being flexible doesn't matter, right? Because they sit on a flat. Sort of. The but turntable is like a surface. Yeah, the turntable's flat, but if you stick it in a magazine, the magazine's going to flex or roll or... I actually, right, yeah. it's not to hijack this thing a little bit, I, I did look it up really quickly. A flexi disc is also known as a phono sheet. It's a phonograph made a uh, record mm-hmm. made of thin, flexible vinyl uh, hmm. with a molded-in spiral stylus groove designed to be playable on a normal turntable. Uh, they were introduced in 62. So, huh. Interesting. Have you ever seen one in person? Or No, no, I have not. Um, I want to say... I, I swear to God, I want to say the Foo Fighters released one very recently um, that was that ended up in Rolling Stone or one of those music magazines. But they did it as kind of a callback to these old flexi discs that were popular in the mm-hmm. 70s and 80s. Interesting. But they, they're not really a thing anymore, obviously. Right. So the ones I was referring to, the what are called cereal box records, they're on cardboard, but I guess they were coated with a thin plastic, so they weren't entirely cardboard, because I don't think even a record player could, a yeah, needle could read cardboard. Slice through it. <laughs> um, and so because they were made out of cardboard and thin plastic, obviously the playability was pretty shitty, which is no surprise, but this was a thing, and it was fairly popular thing so the reason the or the the way i came across this was actually thanks to my past self like four years ago mm-hmm. you know on facebook where it always says you posted this shit four year four or five years ago you should repost it for some reason yeah apparently four years well, i guess it was today or yesterday anyway facebook was like hey here's something you said four years ago and I mentioned that I had learned from my mom that this was a thing. And so I was thinking throughout the day, like, why have we never talked about this on the show? And I realized this was that was about three months or so before we started this podcast. Oh, that's funny. So by then I wouldn't have remembered it or thought of it. 
So. Four years later, we're getting around to it. The the past has informed me, apparently. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I figured we would spend a few minutes. Um, I would just kind of walk you through some examples of of cardboard or uh, of serial box records. So the very first one that came into existence, I'll mention a few different sites here in my bibliography that had a lot of inf- useful information. Um, Bubblegum-music.com has a pretty solid discography of all of the ones that different serial companies put out. Mm-hmm. Um, the very first one that came out was apparently, I'm going to read a quote from their page just because they say it pretty good. Uh, it says, in 1954, General Mills released a series of at least eight different 78 RPM children's songs that were actually imprinted on Wheaties cereal boxes. These included such proto-gum faves as Take Me Out to the Ball Game, Three Little Fishes, and On Top of Old Smokey. Um, side note, I've never heard of On Top of Old Smokey, but it sounds like a really creepy song Dude, sung by never heard Smokey of the Bear. On Top no. of Old Smokey, all covered with cheese. Is this one where you sneeze and the meatball rolls around or some shit? Oh, that song. I didn't recognize the name. Yeah. Anyway, I was thinking of Smokey the Bear and it got really <laughs> weird in my brain. <laughs> it continues to say, on the same boxes, kids were also invited to send in a quarter to receive Wheaties produced red orange vinyl 78 RPM albums. So it seems like Dude, but those are probably cut like super rare if someone still has one. Yeah, these it, overall these things are super um collectible. That's really And there's funny. a bunch on eBay. That's really that you can funny. get. Um I don't know if you can actually still play them. But well, <laughs> most record they, players don't even play 78s anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I I was trying to figure out what 78s were cuz I haven't really heard much about those. Um it seems like they were in between 45s and they were. I have. I have a couple that are framed because they're literally from the '40s and '50s. But uh, they're a bigger record. They're, mm. I think, a little bit smaller in diameter than, um, than in a regular LP. But the grooves I think they're are, ten inches. Yeah, the grooves yeah. are like way closer together, so like the, it spins much faster. Mm. It's it's weird. Yeah. Hence but, the name uh, seventy-eight RPM. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, that was the first instance, um, but there are many others following that. Um, the most popular ones were produced by Post uh, in the late 60s and early 70s. Um, basically what they did was they promoted a bunch of singles by popular musicians uh, among younger audiences. And since they were putting it on like sugary cereals, obviously this was targeted toward the the uh, the youth. Yeah. So some examples of bands, or some, some of the more prominent ones uh, that did this... Um, they had the Archies, who were on Honeycombs and Super Sugar Crisp. That's funny because they have the song Sugar Sugar. Yeah, that's one of the songs they had. That's funny. Um, they had like You Make Me Want to Dance, Jingle Jangle, Sugar Sugar, etc. I think each one of these bands had like maybe as many as like eight different singles. Like any any particular box that you buy could be one of any like eight songs or so. Mm-hmm. So they were collectible. Now, does this include any serials that came out? specifically to promote uh musicians because wasn't there like jackson o's or something they were like oh god you're right you know what i'm talking about yeah I it was think like, that Jack, was a thing. like the jackson five cereal or something maybe i'm crazy I don't know. Huh. well it's funny you mentioned that because the jackson five is one of the few artists that i have on here oh well, that makes sense now i didn't look up some of these some of the names of these um oh, cereals uh, i didn't go ahead they were. I, I actually found a, a picture here. They were on alphabets. 
yeah, on the little, whatever you call them, cardboard discs of that, ABC, I want you back, uh, darling, dear, maybe tomorrow. So that's really cool. Yeah. Well, I thought it was funny that they were on alphabets. They were on alphabets considering it was the song ABC. ABC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's pretty funny. That's really they funny. They also, uh, Sugar Daddy is another one of their songs. That's really funny. Man, I wish I was things. alive in the 70s. They had such cooler shit. <laughs> I want really shitty cardboard records. I, I was just thinking, like, I don't, even, I don't even remember getting toys in cereal boxes. It was always like you had to send away for them. Um, I remember getting, I don't remember, like, specifically, oh, I remember this one toy, but I, I remember that being a thing. Fairly often. Very, yeah, when I was, like, really little, but they phased that out pretty damn quick. Cause by the time I was, like, nine or ten, it's like, oh, you have to send away for it. Yeah, I... Th- Probably for like safety choking reasons, hazard exactly. shit. Some dumb kids like I choked on the hot wheel in my, in my cereal box. <laughs> now, now I don't think so good. Before this, Billy thought real good. <laughs> anyway, so some of the sugar earth sugars, some of the cereals listed here, I didn't really recognize, but I figured I would either ask you or we could talk about it here. Um, uh-huh. So super super sugar crisp is that different from just regular sugar crisp? I have no idea. Because I think Sugar Crisp is the one with the bear on it, right? No. Yeah. I thought that was Honeycomb. No, Honeycomb has somebody else on it. Sugar Crisp is the one is the one with the the stoned looking bear on it. Oh yeah, the derpy bear. Oh, you know what I'm realizing? Sugar Crisp, I think, was Sugar Crisp turned into Golden Crisp. Yeah, it was the precursor to Golden Golden yeah, Crisp. Yeah, really I remember bizarre. Golden Crisp. Oh, I didn't even realize it was a different name. Do you so, remember do you remember Diggum Smacks or Smacks Diggum? Hold on. Now is he oh on is he the one on Sugar Smacks? Sugar Smacks. Is he the frog? And he was the frog and he was called Diggum or something. Oh yeah. And then they changed to Honey Smacks. They looked like little weird like puffy pecan things. Yeah. I well, like Sugar Crisp was basically the same thing, though, wasn't it? Kinda. I'm looking at the big boxes. They look very well, similar. Well, okay, so Honey Smacks or Sugar Smacks, whatever the hell it was, was Kellogg's. Sugar Crisp was, was Post. Post. So they were, I guess they were like competing. competing yeah, exactly. Cereals. Interesting. It's all just dog food for, t- for children. <laughs> if you just dumped sugar in your dog bowl. So I typed in Super Sugar Crisp. And that was apparently a separate thing. Like I don't really know or something? what the difference w- was. It's the same it pair. looks exactly the same. It's I'm, I'm assuming maybe there's just more sugar in it or something. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. You listeners can on, figure it out. On one of these boxes, the bear looks high as shit. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like, yeah, I don't know what era this is from, but the bear's totally got like the half eyelid, like, dude, I'm high as shit right now. Give me yeah. some cereal. You want some cereal? You want some? You want some sugar, kids? I got angel uh, dust. Another I one got I didn't. White demon. <laughs> Sorry. Um, another one I didn't recognize was rice crinkles. I'm thinking that might be the precursor to rice, rice crinkles. What yeah, the? I can look this up. Or maybe it's another um, competitor. Oh my god, that's horrifying. <laughs> Did, did you just see the one with a clown on yeah, it? Yeah, holy shit. That's the thing of nightmares. Oh my god, I hate clowns. Listeners, yeah, go to <laughs> go to Google and type in rice crinkles, probably clown. No, just type in rice crinkles. No, just cereal. rice crinkles. There's one with a clown on it. It's scary as They're all ass. gifts too and they're horrifying. Oh my god, I hate clowns. 
So who makes Rice Krispies? Is that Kellogg's? I think so. Yeah, Kellogg's, Kellogg's Rice, Rice Krispies. Krispies. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So I guess this is a, another case of... Uh, this is really making me want cereal right now, damn it. I don't know. This might be uh, another competitor one. Are you noticing a lot of these early boxes for Rice Crinkles have like a really stereotypical like Chinese character on it? Wait, what? No. Yeah. Like it seems like really early on they had a clown and then they switched to like some little Chinese cartoon character. <laughs> Rice Crinkles did not have a very good history. <laughs> <laughs> Probably why they, they got phased out. Okay. So now we know what Rice Crinkles is vaguely. Um, so again, like I said earlier, um, all these ones were like the more popular artists were all post. So that's why they kind of have some of these kind of more obscure ones that we haven't really heard of so probably the biggest name that was on these was uh the monkeys um and looking at like the ebay listings for ones you can get the monkeys is like nine out of ten of them for some reason um so they were on rice crinkles they were on alphabets they were on honeycomb some of the songs they had were monkeys theme last train to clarksville i'm a believer etc um there's also bobby sherman Go ahead. I like the song. I'm a believer. That's a good song. Oh, that reminds me. Apparently, the Monkees just released like a new album for the first time in like 30 years. Holy shit, they're alive? Yeah. Yeah, it's called Good Times. And it just came out like this week or thereabouts. That's weird. And I actually, I heard a song from it and it's, it's good. I mean, it's, it basically sounds exactly like anything else they made. But I can see some appeal to like that old style summary type music. Anyway, um, Bobby Sherman. Do you know who that is? Um, Bobby Sherman. I didn't know who he was. Apparently he was like a teenage heartthrob in the 70s. Okay. Um, so think of Justin Bieber, basically. Nice. He had some songs, Easy Come, Easy Go, La La La, July 17, etc. He was probably another one of the top popular ones. Uh, he was on Honeycomb, Alphabets, Raisin Bran, and Rice Crinkles. I thought it was really funny that he was on Raisin Bran, because that doesn't seem like a really kid-friendly cereal. Not at all. Um, and I don't, is it even still around? Yeah, of course. Because I was, is it? My dad loves Raisin Bran. Oh, okay, because I was, I thought I read that it was gone, but maybe not. No. Anyway, um, so those are among, like, the more popular ones that were in this format. I did note a couple other examples of this application for other things that were just released that were kind of interesting to me. Um, I'm just going to quickly shout out to mrbreakfast.com because they have a top 10 list that explains some different things that were released on the uh, Serial Box record format. And I picked a couple out of this list that were kind of interesting. So in 1977 or possibly 78, the the Serial Honeycomb had a series of records that were ghost stories. Hmm. Um which included stories like The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, Miser's Gold, and The Hitchhiker. So That'd be kind of cool to put on like the Halloween-themed cereals, like Blueberry and yeah. stuff and Frankenberry. Mm-hmm. They had those in the 70s. My dad used to love Frankenberries. And then listening to a scary story while he ate his Saturday morning breakfast cereal. Apparently. <laughs> Moving forward a little bit, 1983, uh, Fruit Loops... Had a few different records you can get, one of which was the Toucan Sam Workout. It was this like, the cereal company's like, hey, we're sorry for making your children fat. Here's a workout video. Oh, I didn't even think of that connection. That's funny. 
Yeah, this is that's their way of apologizing. Although I don't know if it's much of an apology if the parents have to let their kids use the expensive record player to play some annoying toucan Sam shit. Yeah. But luckily for them, it probably only lasted two or three times before it degraded. I wonder how long some of these paper discs lasted before they like you know weren't playable. I read somewhere that they said they'd only lasted a few times. Uh, I wouldn't be too surprised. I, I, I'm a little curious. I, I'm sure they degrade very quickly, but I don't know. I don't even know how they even accomplish this. Magic, black magic. Like how did how did they get? How do they encode the grooves into plastic slash cardboard? That doesn't make any sense to me. Magic. Magic, I guess. The magic of cereal. Yeah. So Toucan, same thing. It was 83. And then as late as 86, I'm seeing stuff. Let's see. In 86, Life Serial released a series of three great music mystery games. I found this was kind of interesting. So to play the music mystery game, you would listen to the record for clues and guess the titles to four songs. The side of the cereal box had an entry form for the contest. Um, So I thought that was kind of an interesting application of this concept. I super wish they still did something like this. Obviously not records because no one, I mean, very few people still have record players. They probably have like a download code or... Yeah, I I was sad to see that growing up. Is it because you were saying like, you know, when we were little, I think they still, I guess they were phasing out having toys. Mm Mm-hmm. In cereal, but then it kind of moved to you put in the promo code on the inside of this box on our website, exactly. and you can see some shit that doesn't make any difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so dark, Peter. Or like, yeah, if you collect these box tops, you could send away for something, you know? Yeah. Although, I will say, um, the box tops thing really does date back a really long-ass time, oh, yeah. and actually... In this episode, I was focusing on when the records were actually included on the box, but there were a lot of other similar instances where you could send away for actual like singles a real to be mailed to you. Yeah. That's funny. So, but I, I, I kind of wanted to, wanted to focus on the ones that were actually part of the box that you cut out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first, I think, because we were saying like General Mills and Wheaties was the first one. With this in 54, I think a few years before that, like the late 40s maybe, was the first time that you could send away, for records specifically at least. And I want to say that was like readings of like children's stories or something like that. That's cute. Yeah. So do you have any, because um, I know, you know, we said there there was, we kind of moved away from toys and stuff on the box. Do you have any good memories of cereal boxes, including anything cool? Um, Not really. I remember some of them when I was really little, really would come with something really dumb like a a plastic top or like those little parachute mm. army men things that you know would rip and break after like three times using it yeah uh, but nothing like super fantastic or I was like dude that's awesome I remember a Pokemon cereal coming that came out including I don't remember if it was a Pokemon card or some sort of online code, but I remember including some sort of Pokemon-themed thing. Uh, it may have been a Pokemon card, because yeah. those would be easy to stuff in a box. They're already cardboard. Uh, but, yeah, nothing really stands out in my mind. That's why I kind of just, like, figured they phased them out after a while, because, you know, the 90s was the era of, like, kids dying because of stupid shit. So, like, oh, no more 
No more toys and cereal boxes. Kids are killing themselves. Oh my god, I remember these now that I'm looking at them. Oh my god, I forgot about these. They were like spinny, spinny tops. It's hold on, I go. Oh yeah, yeah, I do remember these. Yeah, these yeah, were actually yeah. pretty cool. I just totally forgot because childhood and alcohol. <laughs> um, I also remember, though I don't think they came with them. I think you had to send them away, but I always wanted one. Was the lightsaber spoons that came out to promote the oh, Star yeah. Wars movies? I forgot about those. Those were a thing. Those were pretty cool. I feel like I had one. Were they not included? I'm pretty sure they were included in the box. Or was it like uh, every 10 boxes includes one? No, I think they all had it. The Pokemon cereal, I forgot that it was basically just like Pokemon-shaped marshmallows with like Cheerios. But I totally had that cereal. <laughs> I forgot about Mr. T cereal. There was apparently Batman cereal, but this was back in like the late 80s. <laughs> it eats you. Yeah, with uh, the Michael Keaton Batman. Oh. oh, dude, a Darkwing Duck fanny pack. That's awesome. <laughs> that is like the most 90s thing I've ever heard. Oh my god, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure Urkel had a cereal too. Oh, of course he did. Urkel was. Yeah. I love that this um, just evolved into like cereal mania. I know. And is also now a full-length episode. <laughs> yeah, that was not intended. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, did I, have I already told you about the Monopoly cereal in like the early 2000s? I think you told me about it, but I don't know if we mentioned it on air. Oh, well, that was pretty fantastic. It was, uh, I want to say it was like 2001-ish. It was like a limited time Mm -hmm. cereal. And it was basically Lucky Charms, but the shapes of the marshmallows and stuff were like stuff from Monopoly. Mm -hmm. It was fucking fantastic. My sister and I like always reminisce about that. Yeah. And it was around for like two months. If you had to pick your favorite cereal, what would it be? Like as a kid. <sighs> that one has the most sentimental value for me, even though it was around the shortest. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It's just one of, one of those weird things. I'd, I think for me, I would have to say my favorite cereal was Waffle Crisp. But then they like changed the formula mm. and it never tasted the same to me when I was older. Oh. Which bummed me out. I do like a uh, French French Toast Crunch. Was that it? I think that's the one that came back recently. Yeah, because you were all excited because they discontinued it forever, and now they're like, oh yeah, French Toast Crunch is back. I think I bought a box. I don't even box. like it that much. I think I bought a box just for nostalgia's sake, because uh, it existed. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is far superior. Yeah, yeah. I've, and I've always loved Rice, rice Krispies, mm. both, both cocoa and regular. I actually like would let it soak in the milk until it turned into mush, and then just eat it like freaking like army goop, like prison goop. <laughs> That's a great explanation of that. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, you're right. This did end up being a bit longer than I was expecting, but sorry, listeners. That's fine. <laughs> I feel like we've had a few episodes in the past where we just ended up talking about cereal, but at least this time it was relevant. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go eat some. So, yeah, listeners, if you go to eBay, you can type in Cereal Box Records and you can see listings of all the ones that are up there. I don't know whether you can play them or not, but I'm sure there's some, like, mint condition ones that you can get. They're apparently pretty collectible. That's funny. One more thing I want to mention. I actually forgot to mention this on the last episode. We uh, we just passed 10,000 plays on SoundCloud. Woo. 
which is a lot. So thank you, listeners. That's a, that's a lot of plays. Yeah. If you want to add more to that, you can follow us on SoundCloud uh, at soundcloud.com slash getyourfunk. You can comment on this track or on a different track, whatever. Say something or don't, whatever. You can also send us mail from SoundCloud. You can also send us things or just see things that we're saying on Facebook at facebook.com slash getyourfunk. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yep. I really uh, want cereal now. So this has been your sugar-filled episode uh, with your host, Kyle. <laughs> and this has been your rice crinkle host, Peter. <laughs> rice, cr- rice crinkle horror clown of death. <laughs> God, rice crinkles. All right. Bye, listeners. <laughs>